0: hello and welcome to america can we talk i'm debbie georgias today we're going to talk truth about gems of wisdom from diamond's funeral mike lindell rnc chair candidate joins me tyranny ending new zealand prime minister quits yay and katie hopkins reaction and dr ryan cole's medical license threatened and of course i'll tell you why these stories matter to you stay tuned And hello, and welcome again to America Can We Talk? To today's first five, I'm Debbie George Addis. Over the weekend, uh, many serious patriotic Americans joined in the celebration of life uh, at the after the unexpected passing and very sudden passing of Diamond of the group Diamond and Silk of the the uh, duo Diamond and Silk. I sent Emilio, my wonderful producer, a quick picture to start with. Just as Diamond and Silk sitting with President Trump as he's sitting in the the Oval Office. So these are the two women who just rocked the nation during the 2016 campaign for Donald Trump. They were just, they're very funny and they're sisters and they just love going back and forth talking about uh, Donald Trump and America. Uh, They reached out to him early. In fact, Trump told a quick story. Uh, when he actually spoke at their at the service for um, diamonds very very sudden passing unexpected passing and he talked about the idea that he hadn't even heard of them and melania trump came in his office his beautiful wife came in and just said hey you should come you've got to come look at something and he was first kind of oh come on i'm busy and she said no you got to come look and she brought melania trump brought Donald trump in front of a uh, computer screen just to look at and listen to diamond and silk do their Stick do their routine, talking back and forth. They both talk really fast, which I can respect because I grew up in New York. But in any case, funny and, and engaging, and they love President Trump, and they love conservative policies. So he told that story. He also, though, spoke briefly at the service. Um, I sent him just a few short clips to play from Diamond's service over the weekend. Uh, the first is President Trump uh, made short remarks. He made long remarks, but I've shortened down a little clip for you to play from President Trump. You know
1: what? I've never enjoyed anything more. And and I believe that this is one of the most beautiful events I've ever attended. I've attended the biggest events, the rich, the poor. But I have attended the biggest and the best in theory. And I tell you, this is one of the most beautiful I've ever seen. This is one of the greatest tributes I've ever seen. And I just want to thank Silk. We spoke and uh, I'm so happy we We're able to do this and just get it done. But we've lost uh, one of our purest hearts, and that's for sure. Lynette Diamond Hardaway was a friend, and she was a sister, a mother, and an American patriot, incredible patriot. And she was a stream of energy. She had energy. You have that same energy. I hate to say it. You have that same energy. A source of joy and a burst of truth a beacon of common sense. You know, what she really had was common sense. That's what I sort of think we all need is common sense. You know, we're not Democrats, conservatives, Republicans, liberals, It's what, like we need
0: common sense. <laughs> so I gotta say, he said many more things. Um, I love that he commented about just common sense because so much of what conservatism is really bringing to America, it's not, as the media characterize it, far-right or conspiracy theories, It's just common sense and truth. And Diamond and Silk were an enormous help to President Trump during his 2016 campaign and throughout his term as president, because they really, because they're engaging, because they're funny, because they're obviously serious thinkers. They understood policy and they spoke in ways that were really engaging and invited a lot of people, especially uh, black Americans, to consider maybe this guy isn't so bad. I mean, we're always told Republicans are terrible, but Diamond and Silk liked this guy, Trump, and they have a lot of great things to say about him. They were just invaluable uh, speakers at many events and just truly delightful. Second, on a more serious note, at the funeral, uh, at the celebration of life, Silk spoke, and she's obviously lost her sister, and she geared part of her remarks toward what she thinks may have been, or she hints at what she thinks may have been the cause, and we'll comment more about that later in the show today, as I tell you what's happening to Dr. Ryan Cole. Here's a quick clip from Silk at Diamond's service this past weekend.
2: As soon as Diamond hung up the phone, she said to me, I can't breathe. It was suddenly out of nowhere and no warning. I got her to the kitchen table, opened up the back door so that she can get some air. And each breath was less and less and less until her eyes became a stare. My husband and I followed the 911 instructions uh, 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 from the lady. We later, like they told us to lay her flat. They said, do CPR. And it was one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. My husband and I alternated and kept going and going and going until the emergency truck came, in, came into the, the yard and The EMS came into the house, they did everything that they could. So what I want to say to everybody is don't you dare call me a conspiracy theorist because I saw it happen. I saw how it happened. I was there when it happened and it happened suddenly. I want America to wake up and pay attention. Something ain't right. It's time to investigate what's really going on here and get some answers to why are people falling dead suddenly.
0: Enormously uh, moving, obviously. That was Silk at the celebration of life for Diamond. Um, And I want to also comment. We're going to go to this later in the show. We're going to talk about what's happening to Dr. Ryan Cole. But part of what obviously the message of silk is she's very concerned that diamond may have experienced a sudden unanticipated heart attack and and died almost instantly and or died instantly and she's concerned both because america is watching the news we see all of these people died suddenly no warning And we see really much you know, kind of radio silence, as they say, out of most of the media, out of most of the pharmaceutical companies, out of the federal government. There's just an unwillingness to face the reality being laid out uh, in the media all the time about these just rash of unexplained deaths. Uh, And when we talk later in the show about Dr. Ryan Cole, many doctors are trying to comment, trying to report, trying to bring it to the attention of the public. And part of what you hear in Silk's voice is frustration because it seems like no one is listening, no one will investigate. So that's obviously she's making allusions to whether what happened, uh, Diamond's sudden passing was due to either the COVID vaccination or the shedding that happens with vaccinations around others. And so I I, I just felt it was very, one, it was important that she did that and she frankly did it right in front of President Trump. Uh, who continues to tout the vaccines, uh, and I think he was an enormously consequential president, and I'm a Trump agenda person, is one area where I hope to hear more out of him about the need to investigate the consequences, the content and the consequences of the COVID vaccines. Final speaker, as we wrap up the first five today, final speaker at the service this past weekend, the celebration of life for Diamond, is our guest today on the show, Mike Lindell. Here's a quick clip of Mike's comments at this service.
3: I'm, I'm very humbled and honored to speak here today. Um, I want to begin with a prayer, though. God, please give us comfort, peace, hope, and love in our loss of our precious Diamond. We ask that the legacy that Diamond leaves in death and what you have accomplished through Diamond in her remarkable life will go deeper, wider, and so much stronger in the days to come. God handpicked his leaders for such a time as this and he set up divine appointments and connections to create a huge network of courageous people to lead this epic battle of good and evil that we're in.
0: That is a perfect closing, today's first five, and I thank you for listening to that. That, my very fine friends, is today's first five, and we're now turning to our guest joining us today, unfortunately not in studio but on Skype, with Mike Lindell joining us. Welcome, Mr. Lindell. So glad you could be with us. And um, I'm gonna just start with, I mentioned to our uh, audience last week that the RNC chair uh, race is this coming week. It is now this week. We have a Wednesday forum you'll be part of and a Friday vote. thrilled it is a uh, secret ballot, but the RN- members of the RNC get to choose who is going to chair uh, the RNC over this next uh, year or more. And you threw your hat in the ring, no previous experience on the RNC, uh, but you threw your hat in the ring to become the RNC chair. Let's just start with a big question. Why did you do that? What are you hoping to accomplish?
3: Well, you know, I was a donor. I've been on both sides. I uh, was a donor back in 1617 when I first, uh, I uh, got involved with first political things in my life, actually. Uh, when I'm, And um, in 2020, I was so disappointed with the RNC because they went out and campaigned and, and fundraised for money to address what happened in the 2020 election. And then they just kept the money and they didn't do anything. Now, I found out, oh, they were afraid of, they used one excuse saying, well, we're afraid of, law, of lawfare, of getting sued. Well, that wasn't true because... Uh, Smartmatic didn't sue Fox News till February 4th of 21. They collected the money in December and November of 2020. Uh, so that bothered me. And then uh, then we go into where I was going around the country, working with the precincts and working with this and getting into our election platforms and fixing them the last two years, trying to fix them and getting rid of machines, early voting, all this stuff, cleaning up the dirty voter rolls. Well. Uh, right when I was doing all that, the, uh, the chairman of the RNC actually uh, spoke out and said, oh, Biden won fair and square. You know, I'm going, are you kidding me? Of course, then we had the primaries and then we had the 2020 midterms. Now, the 2020 midterms, what the RNC did there, it's just terrible, that they, they had two years to address the problems of 2020, and they didn't. And that's these platforms, these election platforms. So they they ignored candidates that were America's first candidates. Ronna McDaniel did it, even in her own state of Michigan. She didn't congratulate Matt DiPerno, Christina Caramo, Tudor Dixon when they won their primaries. She didn't get behind them. You don't have to go further than Arizona with Carrie Lake and Mark Binship. Carrie Lake, as we know, we had all the problems down there with that election. And the RNC came down there and said, let's get behind this. And they said, oh, finally, someone else is going to cover costs other than myself, and they're going to go in there. And, and because it was so obvious that these machines didn't work on the front end, I mean, the whole that was all over the news all over the world on the morning of November 8th. And uh, anyway, as soon as the RNC heard that the relief was going to be a new election... They pulled up and said, oh, we're not getting involved now. We wanna be, we wanna talk about the future, not this election right here, what the Kerry results are. So they said, they, they pulled up, left us hanging, left me with the bills or with the with bills, and then headed over to Georgia and said, come on everybody, donate more money and Herschel Walker will win. Another loss, the fifth loss, 2018, 2020, 2021 runoff, the 2022 midterms and the 2022 runoff in Georgia. That's five bad grades in a row, you don't. And uh, it's it in November then, and later November, when all of a sudden you hear from Rana who said she wasn't gonna run a year ago, but she, now she changed her mind. And she says she has a 100 and some um, endorsements out of the 168, you need 85. and. And I just thought that's you know if nobody runs, this is going to be the same input, same losses and output. And we're at a critical time in our country's history. I talked to some big donors. They were they felt the same way I did as a donor and such. And they said, Mike, we've uh, you know maybe you should run and and you know, I'll think about it. And I, so I did my due diligence for about a week. I did my due diligence and I had uh, I talked to people from within the RNC. What would the job entail? What are the silos within the RNC? And I prayed about it and then I just went all in. And uh, um, if we don't, if if it's whatever it comes out of California this week is gonna be absolutely better than it was before this election. It's gonna be it's gonna be very similar, I think, to what we just seen happen in Congress with Speaker of the House McCarthy by those guys holding out, holding out, and holding out. Um and, and we got change, change is coming, and uh, uh, might not be what everybody wanted, but it's going to be different. And we get down there. You have to have 85 votes. And I've been meeting with precinct people. I mean, I, I've I've lived this for two years. From the precinct committee men we put in, talking to attorney generals, politicians, legislators. This is what I've been doing for two years. So,
0: yep. I meant to, you know, I actually did not properly introduce you, even though, frankly, everyone knows who you are. So I, I could have just said, "Whoever knows who you are." But by way of introduction, I meant to say it. I want to quickly say it now: that you've been among the most brave Americans since the time of the 2020 election, willing to say publicly and work to uncover evidence to show that the 2020 election was fraudulent. And I mentioned to you before we came on air today. Uh, based on the fact we've known Dr. Douglas Frank for a long time, because here in Texas, we had similar issues mainly arising out of the use of voting machines, um, a lot of evidence about the capacity of electronic voting machines to be manipulated. And you've been one of the brave people bringing out the evidence, putting on the forums, trying to get that message out. And for people who are um, no, pay attention, understand what happened, understand the scope of election fraud, they're kind of looking around for who with a public voice, who with a bully pulpit, or whatever word you wanna call it, who with a, with a platform is willing to stand up because it hasn't been the Republican party, hasn't been the Democrat party for sure. And so it's been people like you out in the field speaking up as you did. I also wanna commend your My Pillow founder, which is the other thing I'm, in your introduction about founding My MyPillow, uh, which we uh, support here at our house. We're full of My Pillow products. But part of what My Pillow did, and I want to turn to that now, is I agree with you that the track record of our incumbent RNC chair, the failure, if you lose repeatedly, then you're not doing your job. I remember having this discussion with my husband about football coaches where they were really nice guy, and they were always nice to their players, and they didn't do anything bad, but they lose, they lose, they lose, they get fired. And I would say to my husband, it's so unfair because they're a really good guy. He'd say, hey... The job is win. That's the job of a football coach. The job of the RNC chair is orchestrate victories and stop pointing fingers. And you don't get that. So we have losses, as you mentioned, could go into more detail with that, but a lot of losses. But the other problem the the Republican Party has is, and I work with candidates for a long time in the Republican Party in Texas, we hear people say over and over, we need to be we need to claim our own brand. We have to rebrand ourselves. We have to say who we are, because part of what happens is the left brands themselves as the savior of mankind. They brand Republicans as evil, racist, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the RNC could be a leader in rebranding the Republican party. But do you think that, and, and, I, and you have this branding experience, I know. So I'm wondering if you think that's part of what you could add to the, uh, to the RNC
3: hundred percent. I am a uh, a marketer, a brander, and a communicator. Uh, um, and this is what I do. when I get if, if I'm chairman, I bring instant trust back to the RNC. One of the things I don't I don't sell right. everyone says, Mike, you're the best salesman ever. Uh, I'm only that good because of uh, the products I sell, I believe in, I use them. I put everything I have into them. So when I'm chairman of the RNC, I'm gonna, I said I would even donate my whole um, 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 salary to, back to the RNC. And everyone out there, all the donors that have lost trust, they're going to – I said it the other day on TV. I said, I'll raise more money by accident than they ever did on purpose because the money will pour in when you have this great product and you're rebranding. I know, I know Ronna came out and said, well, I'm going to do a grassroots tour this year. Ronna McDaniel said that. I'm going, you know what? I've been doing that for two years. It's a little late for you to think about that. We're, I'm two years ahead of where the RNC should be with the, the communication, with the grassroots and uh, the cause of America, and they have all our election platforms on their way to being fixed. And, you know, if you don't know where the problem is and you said it you best yourself, if you're a coach or you're a CEO and you fail that many times, you know, I asked them, well, I said, why would she even want to run if she loves her country? You better, you know, let someone else grab it because you need a different input because we have to win right now or it's over.
0: Couldn't agree more. We have to fix election fraud. We have to rebrand. And part of rebranding is, you know, I, I, I know you hear this and I talk about my show a lot. A lot of people do. But because we get defined by the left, and so they say, well, whether well, they define President Trump or the whole Republican Party, uh, they're racist. They're the party of the rich. They're, you know, they don't care about people. They're xenophobic. They, they want. They're, they're, and there's so much wrong that the American people can see is flowing out of the Biden administration. They have abandoned the border. Everything they're doing is antithetical to the to the needs of the American people, antithetical to the American people's interests. It is a prime time, right now is a prime time for Republicans to seize on that, point out what they're doing, and point out why we are better, why we are different, why the Republican side of the aisle is better. So do you think as RNC chair, would you speak out on policies? Would you speak out about failure to enforce the border, for example, as a, with that bully pulpit, or would you speak about um, is is the border and election fraud. Would you speak about those issues? Is that part of the job you seem to do?
3: Yeah, and that's, see, first you get, you know, you got to get, there's a whole bunch of uniting you have to do from the, call it the establishment, which I've been, I've been dealing with them. I've been talking with them, talking all the way down to the grassroots, to the precinct committee. It's uniting. I'm a great uniter. I have a company of over 2,000 employees. I've been, if you know my past, I've been everywhere from no forks all the way up to four forks and everywhere in between. So I would, you know, I think that when you say it's just getting the word out to the public as, hey, here's why this happened. I think they, they're already experiencing it. I was out in California for about two weeks um, earlier this fall, and I spent two weeks there with a the city that was all liberals, all 25 to 35 year olds and they had $7.80 gas. They were all coming up to me. They had all voted Democrat. We talked about this, everyone I saw on the street, and they're going, I said, you guys realize this is the manifestation of what's going on in your country. And it was just educating them who is to blame for that. And there it is right there. One of the biggest things going on too, when you talk about the border, it gets kind of forgotten here. The, the fentanyl that's pouring across and the drugs that are pouring across at an all-time high, you combine that with people that have lost hope and it is it is absolutely toxic combination that people are turning to addiction, expanding on their addictions and and uh, it's got to stop and people see that because they, everyone knows of somebody now uh, that's you know, OD'd and all this. And so I think it's right in front of people. You're basically just getting the voice out of, Yes, you're, you're not just rebranding that. You're, it's the perfect time because nobody, people, these kids and these people out there that are these younger voters, they don't even know what, you know, they just, uh, they've been just brainwashed. Most of them in college that think socialism is having a cup of coffee with their friend. Well, we jumped right over socialism to communism, and here's why. And that's, so it's a basically getting the messaging out. And that's what, that's another thing that I'm way ahead of. Uh, um, I have that brand and the, and uh, being on TV millions upon millions of times. If they try, you know what the scary part is with me is when the media doesn't attack me. That's when, I, that's when I'm going, that's why I created Frank Speech. You get the app, Frank Speech. We have four million people over there and they get the word out or like your show. People then hear the word and they, I tell people every day, you want to help out, help your country. Don't just stay on one social media platform. Look what's manifested, you have, you have. sure you have Crooked Eye, Sucker Bucks Facebook and Twitter and Elon Musk, you know, what a voice there that he's doing, that's amazing. Uh, but you have True Social, Getter, Gab, Cloud Hub, uh, Telegram, Frank Social, you have these platforms and you just gotta, I don't care if you have 20 friends on each one, you gotta just keep spreading the word. This is where we're at. I'll say one last thing on that. I also went down right after that California the hurricane that was in Florida. I went down there to give away pillows and blankets, and I went down. We were in a Hispanic community, and it looked like a, a river where there were two dikes. And the two dikes, there was a road in the middle. The dikes were all their worldly possessions that had been taken out of their trailers and piled up. Everything in those trailers gutted. They had lost everything. We went. We had interpreters. Went from family to family, and here's what they said. It wasn't about, oh, thank you for the pillow. It was about, can we save our country? They had come from very bad places. They knew they could replace their physical things. But if we lose our country, their American dream is gone. Their their lives are gone. It's over. Their freedoms are gone. So that's easy. People have lost everything. And that's what they cared about the most.
0: I love hearing that. I will tell you, um, you know, I wrote a book years ago, uh, speaking to women voters, like in 2012. And I was doing book talks and interviews. And at that time, I would say, you know, we really are at risk of losing our country. And I and because we were under Obama, you know, he was the first really stridently open, I mean, didn't say he was socialist and on the road to communist, but that was, those were his policies, those were his ideas. And when I used to say those things in speeches, people would, you see a kind of puzzled look on their face. Why is she saying that we're losing our country? At this point, whatever social media platform you're on, you hear people of uh, from other countries, who people who are American, people of every age, race, ethnicity, national origin, it's finally come to the surface. People recognize we are actually losing America. We are losing our freedoms. We're going to have... I had um, a very prominent American on the show a few weeks ago who said, I was talking about, you know, we're we're headed toward the cliff to socialism, and she said, oh, no, no, we're over the cliff, we're down, we're we're grabbing for tree roots or something to get us back up. So I think you're so right. I think that people are yearning for... a strong outspoken leader to say we're on a very bad path we have to stop and so this must change this must change they're learning you're yearning for someone to speak as a leader i'll tell you as a quick analogy you know when, when trump ran for office in 20 well 15 and 16 he really helped wake people up to the idea we are losing america and and people as you know who hadn't voted for decades people who voted Democrat, they were finally realizing the picture he was drawing of where America is, it drew drew millions in who hadn't voted before, because they recognized this guy loves America. It is a restoration of America, the reclaiming of America. He really ran on, and what he ran on again in 2020, continuing his agenda, and he won in 2020. Uh, But, and so I think these, these I, I look for, and I yearn for voices like yours who will say the real and true things about America. We're losing our country. We're over the cliff to Marxism. Many things must change. Your life is over if you don't reclaim your country. I I love all that messaging. I love it, I commend you for it. I gotta ask one more question. So how's it going? You're calling all these RNC members, and I told our listeners uh, last week, RNC is just made up of one Republican committee woman, one Republican committee man, and the chair of the Republican Party of every state. That group together with a few other people is the RNC. So you've got to convince the majority of them to vote for you. And the, the forum is Wednesday. You, Ronna McDaniel, and Harmeet Dillon. The vote is Friday. So how are your calls going? I, because it's great. I love it's a secret ballot. Tell us how the calls are going.
3: They're, they're going great. Um, you know, I tend to, I don't sit there and try and say, because uh, I already had my states and there's, there's territories too, but you had to have three to get nominated. So I had them. Since that time, I've been just calling, I've been asking them stuff too, you know, what, what do you see as problems and telling them how I could fix it. I've got problem solution and I'm telling them, here's the solution to this. Now, some of the longest phone calls are ones that are, I call them the stuck in the establishment. I don't know what their agenda is, but that one guy was four hours and we argued about, I said, you know, that's not what this, where this country's at. And, and they, you know, but his eyes are getting open. By the time the call was over, at least I, I think I planted some seeds of doubt in his head that he's wrong, okay, because he is. And, and, and because the media, remember the media that controls everything and all that that's out there, that's why our voices, everybody, is so important. And, but I think they're going great. Like I said, the, uh, this is very similar when we get out there. You have to have 85 of the 168. And it's a secret vote, no machines, everybody, and paper ballots. Now, I just heard this, and I want to put it on record. I heard this on my last show. This is very important. I heard, and I don't know if it's true, that they want to make it, or the, uh, probably the current chair, Rana, wants to make it where you could holler out your, your vote. Now, why would she want to do that, everybody? There's a reason for it. Because 107, when she went around before I was running at Harmee, she went around and got everybody, you know, made promises. They made a promise that they would endorse her because otherwise she can pull back funds from them and do whatever she wants. So if she hears who the, who change their mind, and she does when they're very much in fear of that. I've talked to a lot of them in fear. When I went out and they said, well, Mike, I really support you. I said, don't worry. I don't even want to know if you do or not because I don't want the media coming after you. I've been very silent on, the, on all of the ones, the supporters I have, even the states, because I knew the media would attack them. They don't want Mike Lindell being RNC chair. The media, the public, the deep state, the Uniparty, none not about the CCP. They're, they're all like going, that's why you don't see my, I'm not, you don't see me on Fox News every day, do you? Like our You don't see him out there talking about running. Mike Lindell is like, is he really running? Well, yeah, I'm running, and 168 people vote. And I've been talking, trying to get through as many as I can. I did a great video, told them what I was gonna do. I got great feedback on that. The precinct committeemen in this country, precinctstrategy.com, they endorse me. Those are all over the country, and they hundreds of emails, thousands of emails went to these 168. I got so many great compliments from those people. They said, Mike, your people that sent us emails were all positives about you, and it wasn't trashing the other two like, like it happened with them two, you know, those two. And I really commend everybody because I that's why I want to talk about. I want to fix this. I want to, I want to fix this, and we're in a critical time, and it's got to be done by a ceo that knows what he's doing it can't be done by a lawyer can't be done by somebody that's failed five times
0: okay i'm through i'm thrilled you're making these calls and you're right it does kind of boil down to what people fear if they don't go with what they committed if it's a public vote actually it's a little bit similar to the uh, the um house speaker race when many people went along uh, at the, in the early part of uh, kevin mccarthy because you might not get your committee you might not get money right. you stick with it and I think the people who held out, they got some great change. That's a whole other story, though. Mike Lindell, um, first of all, thank you for all you do related to Election From. Thank you for my pillow, uh, which I uh, advertise on this show, and uh, which I'm telling you, our house is filled with my pillow products. Um, and just thank <laughs> you for this challenge. I think you really, regardless of what happens this week, your message to all of the uh, Republican members, of the Republican National Committee, and to America, because it's going to be televised, so uh, to America is really, a, a, again, reigniting a love of America and being honest with people about where we stand, where we are in the country today. So I commend you. I thank you. And thank you so much for taking time and join me today.
3: Thanks for having me on. Well, it, You know what, everybody? What comes out of California, it'll be something different, and it'll change the you know, it will, it will help, just like you said, in, in D.C. there with our speaker. It was everybody fought, and we had a conversation. It's going to be amazing, everybody. Keep the faith.
0: Mike Lindell, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, my friends. Um, so that was very, um, uh, you know, he's obviously very upbeat, very inspired, very... Um, enthusiastic and he's bringing the same message he does as far as I know every time he ever speaks or when the I actually had the chance to meet him a couple times um you know which is we've got to save this country and the party the Republican Party has to be more than just uh, a fundraiser and, an, and a volunteer organizer and an opener of field offices there has to be that messaging about why America is great what threats America is facing there's got to be that passion coming out uh, of the RNC. Um, I don't know what happened. I'm not a member of that uh, Republican National Committee, but uh, we'll see, and at least what he's doing, I think his last point is especially strong and fair, uh, what you will see out of, out of um, the vote in California where the meeting happens to be of the entire RNC uh, this week. You'll know those people heard a message about America that uh, that they wouldn't have heard otherwise. So there you go. That's Mike Lindell running for RNC chair. Okay, my friends, um, I talked, I called this thing tyranny ending on uh, New Zealand PM quits. Okay, so in New Zealand, we've talked about in the show before how uh, some countries really surprised the world in how they reacted to COVID. Uh, New Zealand and Australia were especially. Kind of shocking to people because historically those countries are known as countries that really are rooted in individual freedom you know they stand up for freedom they're not like those you know socialist uh you know enclaves that you we now see in western europe but during covid this shock what to many people was how truly tyrannical uh some of the leaders became um in, in response to covid you can attribute it to fear you can attribute it to ignorance or whatever you want. But, uh, in particular, the one, uh, leader I wanted to mention, uh, there's a, the current, excuse me, I'm sorry. Current prime minister in New Zealand is a woman, a very young woman, youngest PM ever, uh, in New Zealand named Jacinda Ardern, Jacinda Ardern. Uh, she's very young, 37 or something like that. Um, and she was tyrannical under COVID. So Katie Hopkins, friend of the show, been on many times, the British you know, political pundit, commentator, et cetera. Uh, she had a reaction to the fact that Jacinda, Jacinda Ardern, the prime minister of New Zealand, just made the announcement she is not going to run again. It was a shocking announcement. It was not anticipated, uh, but she made this announcement. and I want a quick play for you, Katie Hopkins' reaction, and then we'll talk about it more.
4: Jacinda Ardern just quit as leader of New Zealand. Jacinda Ardern is gone. And if there's one thing you can take from all of this, it's that it is always worth the fight. To every single Kiwi who stood in a public square, or protested, or did the hacker, which is incredibly sexually exciting, in protest against Jacinda Ardern and her tyrannical rule of New Zealand, you won. You are triumphant, you are victorious. And because of you, the rest of us can feel hope. And I'm not saying, you know, she was the most weff puppeted, idiotic, freedom curtailing, lockdown killing idiot there ever was, but she's got to be close. I know you're not supposed to comment about people's looks, but she looked even more like a horse than I do. And now she's gone. Because she doesn't have the energy, the enthusiasm, all the moral courage to try and run again. Which is just the best news. She was a complete weff puppet. I would say that Schwab's hand was completely rammed up her. Perhaps, maybe, possibly, I don't know. The tide is turning.
0: Okay, I will tell you that I meant to give a warning. Katie Hopkins, whom I adore, can be a little bit salty. And that had a little salty part. Sorry about that if that uh, was bothersome. But I will tell you that... Why it is so funny to watch her reaction to play it is because what she's capturing is the enthusiasm uh, of all the people who've been trying to say since COVID came around, our lockdown policies are too severe. What the government in New Zealand did, especially, was extremely severe, and they had they had the you know, usual lockdown, mask up, shutdown, and they had a reinstatement um, of the nationwide lockdown back in August of 21. So a year and a half ago, back in August of 21, she, Jacinda Ardern, reinstated the nationwide lockdown because of one Delta variant COVID case that had come up. And she was trying to say, we have zero COVID policy, zero tolerance, blah, blah, blah. She had a vaccine mandate. She wanted to reach a 90% vaccination rate. Uh, Customers were required to present vaccine certificates before entering a business establishment. And any business wishing to reopen had to have its staff vaccinated, no one was allowed to get a religious exemption in a nation of 5 million people, fewer than 100 qualified for a medical exemption. She had mask mandates, she had shutdowns. And I'll tell you, I am going to say a tiny bit of um, grace for her. She may have been just ignorant or stupid. She may have done this, not because she had otherwise had totalitarian tendencies, but because she was so frightened about COVID because she didn't research and she didn't read and she didn't do anything other than listening to the fear mongers spouting hysterical, irrational fear about COVID in her government and America's government and out of the EU. If you only read, if you only read what the Dr. Fauci's of the world say, the NIH, CDC, FDA, or the agencies that are in uh, New Zealand, you really, you w- would be justified in, in losing your mind and thinking that, the, that you know, COVID is so scary, we're all gonna die. But fortunately here in America, as some brave doctors whom we'll talk about next, one being Dr. Ryan Cole, but fortunately in America, we had many doctors willing to step outside of the mandated talking points coming out of Washington and coming out of the medical establishments in states around this country, some doctors bravely speaking up and saying, wait a minute, we do not have to have these massive lockdowns. Masks don't work. In fact, if you still are concerned and want to have facts about whether masks work, you can remind yourself that Dr. Fauci is on record numerous times saying, masks do not strop, stop the spread of COVID. You can go to the website for America's frontline doctors America's Frontline Doctors, AFLDS.org, I think it is. And they have pages of documents and they're with links in them, URL links to show you that masks do nothing at all to prevent the spread of a virus. Again, the virus is as big as one 1,000th of one strand, one hair. One 1,000th of one hair. And masks, even the fanciest masks are, cannot keep a virus from penetrating. And Fauci acknowledged it early, but it became a point where he could be tyrannical and he could make rules and he could you know, make us all run in circles, do whatever he says, impose mask mandates. Well, back to this, uh, what happened in New Zealand, what you really saw in New Zealand was the more information the people got, the citizens got, The more they read, they went on the internet, they actually learned, they read the writings of many, many doctors, probably America's frontline doctors, as well as Dr. Ryan Cole, we're going to talk about next. Richard Bartlett has been on my show many times. Dr. Peter McCullough, been on my show many times. Numerous other doctors speaking up, saying, number one, it's pretty much COVID is for nearly everyone, Ninety-nine percent whatever it was, 99.019, whatever it was, people get it and they get over it. It is not lethal for almost everyone. Not lethal for almost everyone. Number two, there were early effective treatments that many doctors were jumping out of their seats and saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, you don't have to wait for the vaccine. In 2020, when we were so concerned because we didn't know anything about what to do, and, and Fauci, Dr. Fauci was telling us, just stay home until your lips turn blue and you're almost dead, and then go to the hospital, and then we're going to stick you on uh, remdesivir and put you on a uh, a machine, a breathing machine, and you will for sure die. That his, was his advice. So doctors early on, Dr. Bartlett, uh, doctors have had my many times, talked about ivermectin, Being very effective early on, early on, if you're early in your in your COVID, both as a prophylactic to prevent getting it, as well as when you early had uh, early signs, early symptoms, ivermectin, inhaled budesonide, we had monoclonal antibody treatments, we had many many treatments, and doctors all over America were trying to say this, and people in New Zealand are reading this and saying, wait a minute. We don't have to be locked down. We don't have to be locked down for months on end. We don't have to have camps where you're sending people who won't comply with the vaccine mandates. We don't have to live like prisoners. And so they started protesting. Now America's media doesn't cover this very much because heaven forbid in America, more and more people recognize that intelligent people around the country, around the world, are waking up to the fact that COVID was used as a means of repressing repressing your freedom, a means of changing the dynamic in society, changing your presumption of liberty, changing your presumption of healthcare freedom. So they had protests. And what Katie Hopkins, why she's so jubilant is because the people in New Zealand would not stop protesting. They didn't have a protest one day and go home and say, okay, well, I guess we told her. They kept it up and kept it up and kept it up, and they had protests, they had dances, they had slogans, they had marches. They kept pressuring, so we get to the point: Jacinda Ardern, you know, was viewed easily reelectable. In fact, there was some early polling out saying that you know she probably is going to win re-election, but the real polling I feel sure, was telling her she had no chance. The people of New Zealand are sick of her tyranny. That's what happened. The people in New Zealand. Finally, got the message through to the government. We're sick of your tyranny. We're not tolerating it. We're not going to watch you continue. We're not going to allow you to continue to take away our freedom. So, Jacinda Ardern is out. She said, of course, she's quitting more time with family, the usual line they say. Uh, but she was a rising star internationally and many of the left-wing outlets in this world, left-wing media outlets, are lamenting the loss of a great leader. She was a shining star example because she clamped down on those citizens. Heaven forbid they have freedom. Heaven forbid they can make their own decisions. Heaven forbid they can decide for themselves whether they wanna have a COVID vaccine or not, whether they wanna open their business or not, whether they wanna wear a mask or not. She was tyrannical on all the above and more, and the people finally said, you know what, actually? We're done. I mean, she also, by the way, was a champion of many other left-wing things. Huge, um, you know, gender equality, uh, pushing the whole transgender stuff. Uh, huge pusher on that. Huge pusher of taking away guns. A, a big gun grabber. Um, and, you know, a, and a big, big climate change person. So she, was, she kind of was a full buffet of left-wing lunacy. But it was a tyranny. And the, the message got through to the people of New Zealand. You're never getting your freedom back from her, what they realized is they would never get their freedom back. And so the protests kept up, continued, and she's finally out. Just a great thing. Um, Anyway, back actually, and and many of her policies backfired, not just that the people got mad about COVID policies, but she had a strict gun law she pushed, uh, and and she pushed it and pushed it. They tried to enforce it, and gun crimes went up proving that gun legislation does not reduce crime, a well-known fact to everyone who pays attention to like facts instead of hysteria. So I, I, I really celebrate that. Um, I also wanna tell you very quickly, um, we're gonna to turn to this last um, topic in a moment. But before I do, I mentioned when we were talking with Mike Lindell earlier, if you go on social media of any kind, if you're on you know, Twitter or Facebook or uh, Truth Social, one of my new favorites, Truth Social, I love that, Um, and and what Mike Lindell's put together, Frank's speech, you hear more and more voices, people who are well-educated, well-informed, serious thinkers, raising the question or making the point that we have to rise above just examining and arguing about policy X versus policy Y, Uh, You know, policy A versus B on border security, gun control, tax policy, COVID policy, election integrity. We do have to fight on all those issues, but the larger point that's being made more and more is that America is really divided between those people who still believe in America and still believe in freedom and those people who are fine with government-controlled socialist and eventually communist society. It is not that might come to us in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. It's right now. Where we are in America is right now. We're at a a pivotal point in American history. We're at most consequential time ever since the Revolutionary War when we overthrew King George and said we're going to be a country rooted in liberty. That's where we are now. And I want to where we are at a battle about whether we are going to stick with the idea of believing in liberty, believing in, in all the promises of the declaration of the Constitution, or we're going to surrender to the overwhelming force being placed against us by the left in this world, the socialists and communists in this world, and give up American freedom. Every issue must be seen through that prism, through that. That perspective. So, there's a quick quote I'm going to show you. This is by Ayn Rand, or you might say Anne Rand, but I think she pronounced it Ayn Rand. But she was the author of many extremely consequential books uh, trying to expose to um, America and other places what it is that happens and, and how you lose your freedom. She watched Russia fall into communism, and she wrote this. This is the quote. I may quote her more, but here's one she had. There is no difference between communism and socialism except in the means of achieving the same ultimate end communism proposes to enslave men by force socialism by vote it is merely the difference between murder and suicide and she's calling socialism suicide and it is And in this country with the rising um you know kind of make it cool again aoc is trying to make socialism cool you know, she's a, she's a Democrat socialist. You have, you know, you have the entire, um, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders phenomena where he is openly a socialist and he's a communist understand Bernie Sanders is a communist. He just is careful not to say that because all these, you know, bright eyed young people who think they're being really a step ahead of these old fashioned people who still believe in America. And so he's trying to build the bright-eyed. Oh, we're the we're the wave of the future. We're the socialists. The guy's a communist, but he's made socialism more legitimate and more cool in America. And this is, is just one warning sign among many. We'll be talking more and more about this uh, over the, this year 2023 because it's really important to see the big picture of America. This is a battle whether we're going to have a future of freedom and rights. Under God, written out, spelled out in the Declaration of the Constitution, or are we going to fall into the slime pit, slavery, and misery of socialism and communism? It's a a primary issue, and you've got to choose your side. So I want to turn this one last story today, um, which involves Dr. Ryan Cole. And, you know, he's a... um, been one of the brave doctors speaking out since early on when COVID came along, you know, speaking out, essentially saying um, how he, uh, there are many, many choices that were available to help people uh, when COVID came along. We didn't have to wait for the vaccines. We could treat people with ivermectin, um, inhale budesonide, uh, all sorts of treatments that are very, very effective. And he's been saying early, he's been outspoken. And so he's now has his, had his medical license threatened. And I want to just tell you the story, what's being what he's being charged with, and then just tell you, for everyone listening, uh, maybe say also for radio listeners especially, you're listening to Debbie Georgiades. This is America Can We Talk? And you can go to our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org, go on the website, you can read everything I'm talking about today on the homepage under shows, drop down list of links, you can go to that and you can read um, everything I'm talking about. So, this article, um, I want to just tell you what's happened to Ryan Cole. So, he is a, um, a medical doctor and he's actually, I, I don't know what state he's based in, but he's also licensed. Wherever his home state is, he's also licensed in the state of Washington. And Washington's medical commission has announced that they are, they announced allegations and charges against him. And he is essentially being charged with false and misleading statements about COVID-19 vaccines and being charged over prescribing ivermectin to treat COVID-19. So he's being charged with making numerous false and misleading statements during the pandemic about vaccines, ivermectin, and the effectiveness of protective masks. Now, I, I wanted to stop myself here. I can go through. He said many things about Ivermectin is—it's it, it's, you know. In fact, Ivermectin was a drug uh, that the um, well I can't remember the guy's name. The 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 uh, doctor from um, Idaho, I think it was, testified in the United States Senate, sat there and said, in I think it was December of twenty. I can't believe that our country has been so convulsed over COVID, and the many many doctors in this country who normally follow the path of using existing drugs, trying to repurpose existing drugs, see if they can work. He, this other doctor I'm referring to, testified openly in the United States Senate, I've treated hundreds of COVID patients, ivermectin is a dream, it's a miracle drug. That was his term, miracle drug. So back to Ryan Cole, he's advised people to try uh, ivermectin, especially early stages. Um, He's also, uh, so he's being charged for for prescribing ivermectin because, according to the Washington Medical um, Commission, it's not indicated, meaning it's not suggested or not advisable for COVID-19 infection. And so they've gone on to charge him with, uh, he's made the statements that COVID, since the vaccines came along, they've had a rise, a spike, and unusual cancers. This is not speculative. This is data. It's out there. It's like, you have to wonder if the people who work for the Washington Medical Association who chose to make these charges, do they not read anything? Do they not read studies? Do they not recognize that there are a rise in cancers appearing to be connected to COVID vaccines is out there as medical data. They also, um, he talked about heart inflammation. He's being charged with saying f- false information because he says heart inflammation is known to be caused by the COVID jabs, which, which of course it is. I mean, it's been all over the media by credible medical sources, credible medical institutions, after research, after data is analyzed. I'm gonna share some of those with you in just a moment. But he's basically talking about, and, and he's being charged because he says that the, um, the spike protein is a toxin toxin, as in poisonous. And you cannot say that. You can't say spike proteins are bad. And he said, of course I can. He's saying saying, the cells don't lie. The cells, C-E-L-L-S, he said the cells don't lie. Of course, the damaged organs don't lie. The clots don't lie. He's pointing to what the vaccines have done to people, blood clots, damaged organs, spike proteins being problematic. And that's what he's being charged with. And by the way, this charge can lead to his losing his medical license. And he also is charged with a false statement by saying, natural immunity or post-infection immunity, meaning after you've had COVID against COVID-19 is superior to the protection bestowed by vaccines. Again, data out there all over, if you'll just go read it. Data by prominent doctors, Medical institutions, after medical studies, are saying that that you're that is just more effective to have had COVID and have the immunity or have natural immunity than the alleged immunity caused by, given by the COVID jabs. So, despite that, there are U.S. Uh, Center for Disease Control has said that's true. A paper from Israel said that's true, but he's not allowed to say that's true. I want to get to uh, tell you very quickly because um, we're running out of time. here, I want to mention so they're they're coming after him. To take away his medical license and by the way he says he has never told people not to take the covid vaccine he never says don't do it he just says i'm telling you what my studies my information my learning have disclosed to me i'm sharing what i've learned so they're after him to pull his license in uh, the state of washington and he's you know it's just a beginning process but i'm gonna share uh, three quick things with you i think are really important to understand if you watch my show on January 12th, I had in studio a, a medical doctor named Dr. Eric Nepute, N-E-P-U-T-E. If you're listening online, or wherever you're listening, go back to AmericaCanWeTalk.org and listen to the show January 12th, interviewing Dr. Eric Nepute. Among the things he said, he's got an amazing story, I can't go into today, but among the things he said is, as he's being persecuted by America's government, he pointed out during depositions when they're questioning him asking questions they the lawyers who are with the DOJ acting on behalf of the FTC in this case it's the FTC Federal Trade Commission coming after him they will make statements and and say things and he and and they have no connection to reality so he would say well that's not true you know Dr. Fauci actually said this right here Dr. see Dr. Fauci here's the study he signed off on it they had no idea. There were issues after issues after issues where in his ongoing litigation, Dr. Napui's ongoing litigation with the federal government, the lawyers responsible for going after him, he's not being criminally prosecuted. He's being sued for half a billion dollars. No, half a trillion dollars, not exaggerating. And the lawyers were there who, you know, you're supposed to like get ready for the case, do your study, do your preparation. They had no idea of basic facts that I know. I have no medical training at all. I just read. I have experts on my show, and I think, and I don't just wait to be told by anybody, uh, including Dr. Fauci, what to think. So Naputi's saying, he gets uh, he ha- in depositions and communications, these lawyers have no idea what the facts are, no idea what has occurred in the past, no idea of studies done. So he's saying, here, let me help you. Here's the study, here's the document, here's the information, I'll send you a link. And so I'm getting at it is entirely possible, although it shouldn't be, it's entirely possible that this Washington Medical Association taking the first steps toward pulling Dr. Ryan Cole's license have no earthly idea of any of the studies that are out there. They may be that ignorant. They shouldn't be allowed to be going after him if they don't know, but it's possible. And I sometimes even think that about the leader of New Zealand who was so crazed about shutting her country down probably because she was completely clueless about facts. If you go to our website again today, two other quick things, americacanwetalk.org, two things I linked to. One is a, uh, a article called Ivermectin is Safe and Effective, the Evidence. This one article captures, I mean, there's like, I don't know how many footnotes, I'll tell you in a minute. This one article captures all of the, many, 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 many studies, 95 footnotes, Capturing all the studies that have been done that show that ivermectin is extremely effective dealing with COVID. It's actually in the on our website. You can read it there, americacanwetalk.org. Other one, among many articles, Dr. Uh, this Dr. Peter McCullough wrote, explosion increase in cardiac symptoms after second injection. He writes about myocarditis, periocarditis. The information's out there. And yet you have the Washington Medical Association saying, they're going to pull Dr. Ryan Cole's license. We'll follow this story. All I can say about that is it matters very, very much to be engaged, to understand what is really occurring in America, to understand the facts we actually already currently have before we get so crazed in this country that we start taking away the licenses of people who are trying to do the best to save America, to to save America's citizens. uh, with that, uh, I am past time. I should be starting our closing, but at the close of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show today talking about gems of wisdom from diamond's funeral. That was a little pun I made. Did you get that gems diamond anyway. Um, so I wanted to, um, we with that one and, um, the sad passing of a diamond of diamond and silk may have a few silver linings. Memorial service rehighlighted the warmth and joy and humor of the two of them as outspoken conservative black women, filled with obvious and genuine affection for the entire family for their friendship with and respect for Donald Trump. Tributes put the lie to the Trump is a racist tripe. Mike Lindell's heartfelt tribute also put the lie to conservatives are racist tripe and silk, used the occasion to call for investigation of COVID vaccines, which she implied may have been the cause of Diamond's death and Trump heard it and this is good. Tragic to lose such a frank and unique voice, but attention to her memorial service may have reached many who barely knew or did not know. At all the inspiring inspiring story and awakening message of Diamond and Silk. And on tyranny ending New Zealand Prime Minister quits, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern, among the world's most strident, heartless, tyrannical leaders during the COVID era, has resigned rather than face re-election. Imposed massive and rigid lockdowns in New Zealand, practically forbidding human interaction, relentless public determination to viciously ostracize and shun the unvaccinated. I didn't even get to that part, it was unbelievable adverse vaccine side effects blindly ignored much speculation about her ties to the ccp and soros the good news arduin appears to have been worn down by the protests against her tyranny can be figuratively run out of town if the people see it and rise up to say no more is the biden cabal next that'd be good and dr ryan cole's medical license threatened washington state has begun efforts to take away dr cole's medical license grounds all about prescribing ivermectin for treatment of COVID. America continues to pay a horrendous price for having been subject to state and big tech censorship and willful deceit about the origin and treatments for COVID. Ivermectin got tagged as horse-paced by the ruling elite of public health institutions, led to mockery and dismissal of a proven, effective, inexpensive treatment as shown by multiple studies. Watch the America Kimmy Talk interview with Dr. Eric Naputi from January, 12th to understand the ignorance or willful blindness of government officials and attorneys about early treatment for COVID, many seem to honestly have no idea of anything other than false leftist narratives dr cole is a courageous old school type physician taking away his license because he prescribed ivermectin is preposterous and that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time.
2: Voice upon voice, like a
3: crashing wave. Can you hear us now? America Can We Talk? truth about america
2: can you-